Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. If you have a project around the house, big or small, don't use ordinary household glue. It's got the word ordinary in it. You need J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld epoxy adhesive. Made in the U.S. for more than 50 years. It's the world's strongest bond. Pros use JB Weld because uh, it fixes metal, wood, plastic, and more. They have products for just about any surface. I've always used this stuff, and now they're branching out. They're making everything. They're making the crazy glue and the epoxies and all the other stuff they didn't make way back in the day. So if you uh, need to do a little repair around the house, it's JB Weld when strength matters. Don't glue it. JB Weld it. JB Weld. It's the world's strongest bond. It's available at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, True Value, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, Amazon, wherever and whatever. It's the best. It is J.P. Weld. Hey, everyone. It's Adam Carolla, and welcome to another episode of Going Racing. The show that highlights the fastest cars, best races, and biggest celebrities in the automotive world. And now here's a conversation Matt DeAndre and I had with Burton's Racing, Claudio Burton and Simon Gregg. Good friend Claudio Burton is back in studio. Claudio is uh, runs a Trans Am team. Simon Gregg is a driver, son of famed uh, Peter Gregg. As uh, um, I just saw and highlighted in uh, Hurley, the uh, documentary that uh, Patrick Dempsey did. Claudio, Simon, good to see you guys. How are you? Good to be here. Uh, nice to meet you. Claudio, your team's leading in the Trans Am points right now? We are. Won the first two races. Wow. Where were the first two? Uh, Sebring and Atlanta. And is Sebring still very much uh, an airfield? Is it? Has it become any part racetrack, or is it just like a lot of cones and hay bales? And it's stuff? hay bales and cones still. I don't think anything has changed there since uh, the first race that they had it, really. It's maybe, a, you know, some new buildings here and there. But the the track itself is just an old bomber field that never really changes. Uh, at Road Atlanta, that C7R vet of yours with 850 horsepower, what that thing topping out at down that back straight? Uh, Road Atlanta, about a, a hundred and eighty-five or so, I think eighty-four, wow. eighty-five. That's a fast car on a <laughs> yeah, yeah, very we always fast. Got Simon covered yeah. over there. A very fast track. Yeah, were yeah. you driving that car there, Simon? Yeah, the, they pull hard all the way down the straightaway. It makes that turn nine a curve, even though it looks like a straightaway for a low-powered car. Right, and uh, it's really, really takes a lot of balls on that back straight because you got to kind of figure out when it's time to back it off. You feel like you could keep going for a while. And it's also insane, speaking of sort of chicanes, that thing used to just go right over the top of the hill, right? Yeah, when I started racing in 97, we'd hit, hit that dip, and gravity cavity, fly through there, and then slam on the brakes before the bridge. It was a lot different track back then. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of these yeah, tracks. That's the, that's the days when they had the blowovers. Yeah, I mean, cars literally catching air and turning over, yeah, right? a couple of cars blew over there. Wow, it's like uh, stadium trucks. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they had that at uh, Lime Rock, too, I I do believe, for some reason. It sounds familiar. Maybe a GTP car or something like that. Uh, 
here's how good I am at, at Road Atlanta. I think. Three out of the first four laps, I drove off into the hot pit <laughs> area coming over that hill. It just seemed to make sense. Yeah. To- well, it is confusing because, you know, they've changed that. They call the one side the pro paddock and then the other side kind of like the, you know, club paddock or whatever they call it. it, it and it can be confusing. When you go over that hill, it makes all the sense in the world just to stay out wide. Stay left, wide. And then yeah. you blink your eyes and you're like, oh, I'm going I'm going off this track. Yeah, you're like, nobody here. else did this. What's going on? <laughs> well, last you have year to you pretend, did the MIDI, right? Yeah. You did. yeah. You have to go out and pretend like something's wrong with the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to sit there for a minute and pretend like you're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> but then blow it off. I thought it was a thing. Yeah, it's fine now. Gauge. It's fine now. It's I'll keep going. It's down now. Let's yeah. keep going. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Uh, so Claudio's out. Uh, out there with the, his team, Claudio is uh, a guy. I, are you a, a chemist by trade, like a uh, polymer chemist? Yeah, kind of. I, you know, I don't have uh, an official degree, but I apprenticed, you know, a long time uh, under my father, who had a chemical engineering degree from Argentina that, you know, really wasn't ever accredited in America. You know, you get a degree sometimes in other countries, and then, nah, that's no good. I don't care how hard you studied and how well you did. Yeah, because so, America didn't make any money off of it or whatever. The country didn't make any money off it. So we're like, eh, it's fine. And uh, Simon, so uh, Peter, Peter Perfect, uh, Peter Gregg, famed Porsche driver and, and, and driver of everything, who was uh, highlighted in the Hurley film. Did you see the, did you see the doc? Yes. Uh, I enjoyed um, you know getting to be on the doc, and I've been uh, working with Sean Cridlin. He's working on a new book about Brumo's story, and um, – you know, I'm out here to race Fontana this weekend, and then I just finished racing Thunder Hill the weekend before last. Too. And what are you driving? In, uh, in a C7R. Training. You are C7R. Yeah, and TA. Okay. Is, is everything out there in Trans Am 1 basically the same horsepower and the same tube frame and the same suspension, same tires? We know that. Yes, they're all – about the same. So TA is, is the big class, right? The high horsepower class. And, and what cars are in there? There's the, the Camaros, Corvettes, which are pretty much the same, just a little bit different yeah, body. We've got a couple challengers out there now, too. There's Mustangs, Mustangs are good, and we run with TA3 and 4 production-based cars. And then, of course, TA2 runs by themselves. I'm trying to think if I've seen a Challenger in full two yeah, frame. I don't, I don't know if I remember Boris, seeing it. Boris drove one last year in uh, TA at Indy. And okay. uh, I think Road Atlanta is um, so the the book. How old? So I mean, tragically, Simon's father committed suicide. I think in nineteen eighty. What eighty? Eighty. Eighty. You must have been young. I was sixteen. Younger. Oh boy, that's brutal. Um, sorry to bring that up, but uh, it's in the doc, and the doc is is really pretty fascinating. And it sort of does Hurley Haywood and his early connection with with Peter Simon's dad, and then how they were like pretty much an unbeatable race team, and the crazy Brumos Porsche days, and they were sort of unbeatable. Yeah, uh, back back in the day, um, Hurley's still a friend of the family, and um, Hurley's Brumos boss Dan Davis is building a nice new car museum back in Jacksonville. That's going to be a good place to visit. Um, you know, my dad's favorite and last car was a 935. You know, I'm look, looking forward to seeing yours. They, yeah, that's Mine's it. all taken apart. <laughs> <laughs> but the Brumos, I, you know, tell us what you know about Brumos. I mean, it's so iconic. The livery is so iconic. People picture them 
not only the 935, but maybe even more so on like the RSRs and the stuff that was naturally aspirated that uh, Simon's dad drove and many people drove. Was Brumos a dealership? Yes, it was a dealership in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, you know, they started off selling Porsches and then, you know, Mercedes and Lexus now. But um, in the early 60s, Peter started racing and put Porsche on the map in the United States. He, He had a good relationship with them and he started painting his cars red, white, and blue. And they're always beautifully prepared, reliable. The Daytona 24 Hours was his best race. He had good luck there, went in four times overall. Yeah. That's uh, and a great, a great color scheme because while they were red, white, and blue, it was sort of the shade of red and the shade of blue they chose that seemed to be more effective, like from a color scheme standpoint. I, I always wondered why the number fifty nine. Well, it, it, Dad was in the Navy back then, and, and uh, he he flew out to a aircraft carrier once and that was the number of the ship and the font that big blocky font is where oh, he got that from oh wow i love an answer to a question <laughs> uh yeah i would uh paul newman's cars are all like 33 and i was told that they make them 33 could be easy to change to three into an eight or you know with a piece of tape piece of white tape so if you showed up at the race and someone else had the 33 or the same number you could easily modify be 88 or 83 or 38 yeah. or whatever whatever it is and i was like that made sense yeah like it was uh satisfying so claudio are you doing any driving these days or it's all team running well i just mostly team running uh and, and but i'm looking forward to get back in the car i had uh kind of engine reserve i had uh, some hip surgery which i'm almost about 100 percent from so so you're gonna get back in and drive yeah i get the bug once in a while i want to go do it again it's uh, it's the car. Is the car the same as when I drove it a couple of years ago? Um, we rebodied to Camaros. Oh, that's right. You were so. saying the the arrow was better on the Camaro body than the Corvette. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think so by just looking at it, but I guess you guys kind of got it stretched out and a little bit lower. And it's I don't got know a how little Camaro-y. less frontal area. Yeah. You know, they kind of you know they do look like the street cars, but we we do uh, you know it was built after. The C7 Corvette. So every time you build a car after another one, you know, usually you learn a little bit more about the air and things like that. Who builds the bodies? The, these are built by a guy, Kerry Hitt, out of Pennsylvania, company ACP. And okay. kind of builds the carbon Kevlar bodies for everybody. So everyone gets the same mold and the same the same body. They, yeah. If you buy a Mustang, you know you're going to get the exact same thing as, you know, a guy racing the Mustangs. Right. Okay. You know, there's a one pretty much authorized body manufacturer for TA right now. I'm curious who – I've always been wanting to uh, run down this gentleman, Max Patton. Maybe you could do it when we did our race at Willow Springs and there was that fella who drove your second team car oh. and the, I think the guy's name was I want to say Richard Richard Wall Richard Wall yeah, gotta the, find that guy's name he's out here right yeah but he, he's he's kind of got like some issues that he's in uh, out of the country right now oh <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes every sense. April that seems to happen to a bunch of people <laughs> he's on a vacation for a while yeah, yeah. it's a lot of vacations around April mid April so, <laughs> yeah he's hanging out with Roman Polanski uh, for different reasons Different reasons. Either way, they're probably hanging out out of the country. Well, he's an interesting guy because 
I guess he was just there to do a vintage race in his Cobra, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, he blew up the diff. And his Cobra broke. And he didn't have another one. And so he's like, well, I want to race. So he just showed up at your pit. And, and we had an extra car sitting there that we had brought out. So, yeah, we cut a deal, and, and uh, he was pretty good. He, he came in to, second. Yeah, yeah, he drove pretty good. Yeah. No, he obviously how, did you know how to drive. Did you know Like, how, what's the vetting process? You write me a check, and well, we're good? Go. That, that, was, that was pretty it for that deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah All right. A like, brave know. move, buddy. Yeah. Well, if a guy's out there, and he's, he had a real Cobra. Real Cobra, yeah. yeah that's guy's okay. out on that track. Driving a real Cobra, yeah, he's probably got some chops. I mean, I'm assuming yeah, in a vintage I, I race, the same thing. You know, those right? things are diabolic to drive. Right, and if right. he's driving that kind of car, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, so and the real Cobra kind of means his check's going to be good. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to bounce right. <laughs> Tell that to Uncle Sam. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, at least we thought so. But <laughs> so, I was always curious what that guy's how that all came about it was as i heard it that he just broke his cobra and then he showed up and he was like i was here for the vintage race but i still want to race and i don't got an extra diff you know independent and all Mm. what kind of rear end did those cobras use back in the day because they didn't have a lot of independence you know people would use jag stuff i think in the in cars like that yeah my guess would be it's a live axle kind of like what we have i don't think it's a live i think Uh, cobras are Cobra. Maybe some Did Dion kind of thing from yesterday. Or- Cobra, you know, if you think about it, they had knockoffs and they had, I think, an independent rear. I'm almost sure they had an independent rear. So well, a lot of times people would use Jag stuff because Jags had knockoffs and Jags had independent rears. Like what, what, what knockoff hubs do we have? I mean, with independent well, the, the rears, the center you know? section could be an eight-eight or a nine-inch center section, and then whatever Cobra, whatever they made for the, you know, for for the suspension and then and then the half shafts and the hubs at that point. And I know what you're saying. There's a lot of Jag stuff because it's all one unit. You can swap it in, but maybe they just made their own. Maybe they, maybe they made their own. They with, must with have gotten their. Sort of, yeah, that's <laughs> probably why it blew up. They got that <laughs> rear end somewhere. Yeah. Cobra and, rear end, Max Bat on a sixty. Six Cobra or sixty four or whatever it is, because and they also they I mean they came from Bristol, yeah, with probably an independent rear because they were like European sports. But do you cars. think they used no, all of that? Because it couldn't handle they, the wouldn't handle the horsepower. But maybe they just replaced the center section. Maybe they went to like a nine inch Ford center section and then left. You know the I don't know about the, the center section. You have the transmission. You have the drive shaft, and then that goes to the rear end. Yeah, the right? pumpkin basically. Right. Is, so is, the pumpkin is the one that needs to be. Yeah, that heavy would be duty. beefier. That would probably be a Ford eight eight or a nine inch. I'm not sure what other yeah, options would have been. Nine, nine inch, but know. independent. Independent. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. not all nine inches would have. Uh, you could have a nine inch Ford rear end live axle, or just a center section. Uh, that would have half shafts. You know, you can right. make, you can make would, it into anything. So they just made it into that. Because they, they wouldn't have been able to find it, it yeah. back. There wouldn't. Yeah. There was nothing American. There was no Ford with an independent rear. Yeah, I don't know if there was a Ford with a nine. Maybe something in the racing world. They must had, have made had, their had, own shaft, their yeah. own inserts. All right, tell me about Geico. Max yeah, Battles. right. Dri- drill down that. Claudio, you thought that was a live axle on a Cobra? Come on, man. <laughs> you say you're a car guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you're a gear engineer. That you're was done. my worst guess, I guess. <laughs> you only had two options. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Going Racing. New episodes available on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts.